Welcome to the Behind the Bits podcast. Your host, Scott Curtis, wants to learn everything he can about stand-up comedy and take you along for the ride. Scott and his guests talk serious about comedy in every episode. Behind the Bits will uncover knowledge from different perspectives on subjects such as writing and performing stand-up comedy, as well as booking shows and the comedy life. If you're thinking about becoming a stand-up comic, already in the comic game, or a comedy nerd, Behind the Bits is the show for you. Now, let's get Behind the Bits. Hey, BTB buddies, I wanted to let you know that I have a Patreon page now so that you can support the show. Check out patreon.com forward slash BTBPC and check out the cool stuff you can get for as little as two bucks per month. You can also find the link in the show notes. Thanks, as always, for listening. With me today, I've got uh, Jeff Bodart, who has been a comic for a long time, and I'm going to move you over there to the guest spot and sure and has uh rights rights uh for bob and tom and has at least two albums out that i know of that i mm-hmm. listened to today and are fantastic and i've been uh thinking about having you on for quite a while and not only that but you made this picture get my hand right <laughs> you, you uh drew this picture uh right behind me uh, of dean I martin did. and we didn't I, we didn't talk about it beforehand, but I do uh, what's called the BTB Internet Talk Show, and I do that every Thursday night. And Dean Martin shows up uh, every Thursday yeah. night, and so I put the hat on and hey, I'm Dean Martin. I know I don't sound like him, but I am him. And then I take the hat off and I become myself. So it's <laughs> your picture when you posted that link was just absolutely perfect for the whole setting of my show. So it works oh, out. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. By the way, that was dead on, by the way, that was, it was like, <laughs> it was like I was at the sands and I was seeing Dean yeah, right yeah. there. And Sammy was going to come out in a little bit and they were going to make fun of his one eye. Yep. So. <laughs> I've actually watched footage of him trying to get better. And I think it's better when I'm worse. So I'm just going to keep up the way it is. <laughs> That's, uh, that's, that's, it's a good plan. Yeah. Yeah. So we call this live part, uh, the rapid round. And this is where I ask you what I call the entertainment tonight style questions that everybody would ask you if you're on a podcast. And then we, uh, go off live so that I can ask you the real questions and everybody has to subscribe to the behind the bits podcast in order to hear the real story. So perfect. Let's get started. Um, yeah. I already know where you're from. So tell me a little bit about Columbus, Indiana. What was it like growing up in Columbus and the being, what is it? The, is it the sixth best, uh, architecture, of uh, 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 city for architecture? Yes. Sixth ranked city in the, in the country for architecture. And, uh, it is, it's a beautiful town. I mean, they call it Athens on the Prairie is what they call it. I think that I think maybe time magazine called it that one time once, mm-hmm. uh, but they, um, and by the way, I joke about this on stage, but that sixth ranked city thing uh-huh. that was in like 1993 or yeah. four. And apparently <laughs> they've never done another survey. So I don't know. <laughs> well, that means Columbus is 
going to stick to that one. Yeah, that means you're still on top. I if they haven't <laughs> if they haven't done it, then it's, it's still number six. Yeah, yeah, I re- yeah. Yeah, I really like that town, and I I told you before we went on air that uh, both my kids went to IU, and when we were late in getting a hotel in Bloomington, we'd either stay in Columbus or Martinsville. Now, Columbus Mm -hmm. is a little bit further of a drive, but it's a much nicer stay because uh, Martinsville. And so, (laughs) so, so Columbus is actually a pretty cool little city, and it's funny, I go... I go past it quite a bit because uh, my son lives in Huntsville, Alabama. So yeah. we're we go past it, and I remember it fondly. So that's a nice little city. Yeah, I, I like it. I mean, it's been a great. I mean, it, it is truly um, what do they call it? Crossroads of, of America, Indiana is because mm-hmm. I mean, you know, as far as comedy goes, I mean, I was close to Cincinnati, Chicago, and Louisville. You know, Indy, of course, mm-hmm. um, places in other places in Ohio, you know, other places, you know, it's, it's, it's really convenient. Right. So, yeah. You can get on, you can get a lot of stage time being where yeah. you are and not have to drive like all night. So that's great. Yeah. And it's a, and it's a beautiful little town, you know, so grew up, uh, I grew up, I went to Catholic school. So nice little area here. And so mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, there's some famous people are from here. I mean, there's, and, and one marginally famous person from here, which is me. Uh, <laughs> we have, uh, uh, Tony, Tony, uh, Stewart's from here. Uh-huh. Um, the, the four freshmen are from here. The, uh, or at least two out of the four. I don't know if you remember the four freshmen singing group. There's uh there's a vice president from here. So cool. Which vice? Yeah. Uh, Mike Pence. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Enough yeah, for that. I don't, um, yeah, I don't talk about him too much. <laughs> that's, that's why I said a vice president. Yeah. That, that, I, I know I shouldn't have dug. Um, <laughs> so when did you start doing stand up, Jeff? Uh, February 19th, 2001. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, uh, it'll be 20 years, you know, in, in February. So what, so, so what brought you to doing stand up? What was it that prompted that for you? I was always a funny kid. And, uh, I think I, I was held back in the third grade and I think, humor is what really helped me kind of cope with being it was awkward you know you're sort of the new kid but you're not at the same time Mm. uh you know because these new the new kids don't know you (laughs) and i think i i kind of became sillier then Mm. um just sort of i was nervous i think and then i just i mean that just i guess is in my personality and then i just love being funny love making people laugh i remember I remember in like, I got my first big laugh, uh, from like, not just my friends, but like the whole class, mm. uh, like fifth or sixth grade it was religion class. And I said something about why do poor people have more kids than, uh, rich people. And then I said, is there no, nothing else to do? And then got a big laugh <laughs> and I didn't even, uh, I mean, I kind of knew what I said. But I was kind of, but I was also like, eh, really? I was curious. Yeah. But also trying to be funny at the same time. So it got a big laugh. I was like, yeah, I don't know why I remember that, but it really stuck out in my mind. Yeah. You know, that's funny because your act is a lot of, um, so, so you've got set up and punch, but you also got what you have, what a lot of people would call the throwaway line. And oh, I love those. The, the throwaway line is really, I mean, for you, it's the total punctuation. It's funnier than the punch sometimes. And, <laughs> I, and, yes. and the way, the way you 
fell into that laugh, that first laugh is kind of like how you do your act. And I, that's pretty mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, there's one line I do like that whole, uh, uh, the, the, when, if I, if I disagree with some, I disagree, you know, circle gets a square Yeah. and then I don't even call to it. I just, whoever gets it, gets it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. It's just a nice reference to Hollywood Square. Yeah, I really like how you do that. And I'm I'm gonna dig into your second album a little bit more when we sure. when we go off off live so people have to listen to it. But it, it was uh there was a couple things I really liked about it. Um so who were your comedy influences? Uh as a like as a kid, I mean I really I mean I I have to say, I mean I like Bill Cosby mm -hmm. as a kid. Yeah. You know, I saw Bill Cosby himself and I thought that was pretty funny and silly and uh, and then I, um, I, I discovered like in like high school, I discovered Brian Regan okay. and, and like, Oh my gosh, Brian Regan, he was a man. He's still hilarious. And then I got into, as I got older and I, fi I figured I discovered Louis CK, Bill Burr. I love Bill Burr. You know, I love, um, uh, Kathleen Madigan, such a smart ass. Mm -hmm. So funny. Um, uh, there's a lot of those. I mean, but yeah, I think in the last several years, it's, it's probably been, you know, uh, Bill Burr. I just love that attitude. Oh, yeah. I'm not angry like that. Yeah. I mean, I think I get comically angry. So when I get angry, my voice goes up. Right. And, and people think, you know, I mean, it's kind of a joke, but I'm also sometimes when I do get angry, it just, just goes up. Uh, -huh. uh um, but, um, yeah. And, and some of the, um, other guys working the road today, like Chad Daniels, I think is brilliant. Mm. Um, should be a household name. I don't know if you know Chad, but I know that name. Um, yeah. So, and, uh, you know, Ryan Hamilton, I think is hilarious too. Yeah. So. There are a lot of guys working today. They're so funny. A lot of, a lot of comics. I'm taking notes. No, no problem. I got to remember who to peg for the podcast. Mm -hmm. And you know who I also, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting into is uh, Nikki Glaser. I think she's pretty funny. Yeah. She's, I mean, I can't always, uh, relate always, but she's just, she's real sharp. Yeah. And yeah. I love that. And she also does the throwaway lines. Right. Yeah. Which I think are hilarious. And I think, and, and I've seen Amy Schumer live. Uh -huh. I, I thought she was pretty funny. Uh -huh. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good ones out. I, I wondered if you were influenced at all since you're an Indiana guy with uh, David Letterman. Yeah. I, I, I love how Dave is a smart ass and he's wacky at the same time. Yeah. I don't know how you can pull it, but he, but yeah, but like the stuff he would pull on the show, you know, um, like in the old days, like he had a, he had a convertible full of tacos, just yeah. giving tacos away. And like, yeah. that's, that's so silly. Yeah. You know, I'm like, that's it, kind of the stuff that I I'm kind of into. Like I, I actually went to a McDonald's years ago and, I ordered an ice cream and I said, hold the, you know, no pickles. And uh -huh. she goes on what? And I go, the ice cream. And it just, <laughs> I was just with a friend. I just wanted to make her laugh. So. Yeah. Yeah. You're some of the, some of the way you, some of your delivery reminds me a little bit of Letterman when he was oh, first doing stand up. So yeah. I wondered about that. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is a lot of the wacky stuff that was on the show. Uh, a lot of that was Meryl Marco. She, she, she was actually the wacky, oh. the wacky one of the bunch. Dave, Dave yeah. was not wacky. Uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he could be, but a lot of that stuff came from Merrill. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, this is kind of a, this is one I just like to ask anybody I'm talking to. 
Have you been inspired by any books that you're reading, music that you're listening to, podcast, magazine, anything? Have you have you read? Have you have you consumed anything that kind of lit off a light bulb for you? Um, there is a. I read for a long time. I read almost like every comedian's book. Like um, I read the one with Bernie Mac. Mm-hmm. I read his book, and I read I read the unauthorized biography of Seinfeld. And I thought that was brilliant. Mm. Um, it was just re- interesting to know. And I, I always, for a long time, um, even, you know, starting out more than anything, I would read a lot, all these comics books to sort of compare myself to like what they were at that level and what I am at that level, where I, where should I be? Um, and that sort of helped. And there's always all kinds of books as far as getting inspired. I mean, Judy Carter's book, the comedy Bible that helped a lot. Mm. Um, as far as, you know, uh, I do listen to a, a ton of podcasts, but nothing that would necessarily uh, inspire. Yeah. Uh, I, I listen to a lot of paranormal stuff, too. So I'm in. Oh, that. cool. OK. So yeah. that, that, that's a lot of that lately. Okay. Um, but I did. There's a book called The Tender Bar. And um, that was a really it's by J.R. Moringer. And it's been mm-hmm. out for a while. It's been out for at least 10 years. Mm-hmm. But uh, I believe he was um, a writer for, I think, the Baltimore Sun. I think that's one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, around there. But anyway, he uh, he grew up with a, with the dad that wasn't around. Uh, I mean, I it, not like my childhood, but his dad was in radio and my dad was in radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, um, you know, he used to he used to he didn't really know his dad very well, but he used to turn the radio on and flip to the stations to figure out what station his dad had just switched to. Oh. So. <laughs> So I could see so, his dad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I was, uh, that's kind of interesting. I, I, yeah. I've always remembered that book. So yeah. it's been a good book. That's cool. Um, what would you consider to be, we'll go top three, your, your top three comedy specials, albums, Netflix, whatever, whatever way you consume it. What, what would mm-hmm. be your top three? Do you think? Uh, right away. Uh, Kevin James, don't sweat the small stuff is in there. Mm-hmm. I think that is so because he's silly and I just love silly and he's also a smart ass. Mm. And I, I think that's, that's hilarious. I think that that's up there. Uh, top three. I don't know. Bill Cosby himself, like I said earlier, that was a really funny special as a kid. Mm. Um, and I would probably have to say um, Bill Burr's latest special is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. I mean, I love Dave, Dave Chappelle, but Bill Burr, I, I kind of think it edges Dave's, special out a little bit yeah um but you know i with with all due respect to the dave i just feel yeah. very so funny yeah i think they're both right there I, as far i mean like this you know it depends yeah. on yeah. what day i'm listening to them but Bill mm-hmm. Burr's is so funny because it just gets me keyed up. I mean, I am, mm-hmm. I am just, I'm tense because I'm listening to everything he's saying and I'm feeling like I'm being transformed into Bill Burr while he's doing that. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I'm laughing, but I'm pissed off at the same time. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and Gaffigan's Comedy Central presents years ago was, was yeah. I always remember that as being and i always i watch that i love that just because he's from indiana yeah and i was like look at that a guy from indiana can do it yeah yeah there have been, <laughs> been several who've done it yeah uh, who, who've made it right yeah no doubt um so this is really the end of the rapid round but uh while i've got tens of watchers uh would you, would yeah. you um do you have anything that you'd like to plug or can you direct anybody to your social media 
Yeah, uh, jeffbodart.com is my website. I need to update it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But I'm all over uh, Instagram and uh, and uh, Twitter. At, at, Twitter is at Jeff Bodart. Um, I mean, and I actually, I sell a lot of drawings. Yeah. Uh, well, not, you know, not enough to buy a bigger house. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> so next, uh, Jeff Bodart Art, that's on the, there you go. There we there go. You go. Look at that. I sell a lot of drawings. And then I, uh, I also have a little... Uh, I, I make I make and sell wands like like magic wands mm-hmm. called Tarbo wands. So look those up T A R B O. So a little. I actually little looked at a few of those this morning, and th- those are pretty cool. I don't want one, Thanks. but they're pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you either want one or you don't. Yeah. I mean, not a lot of people. I mean, I can tell you, not a lot of people in the market for a wand. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but they're fun to make. It's a nice creative outlet. So. Yeah. Actually, before I go off live, how do how do you uh, do that? Is that like a whittling or do you use a Dremel tool or what, what do you do with that? Uh, yeah, I, I, I will use a pocket knife and I just, no, I, uh, <laughs> no, I, <laughs> yeah, it's the Andy Griffith show. I don't know if you guys know it's yeah. Andy Griffith show around here, but I use a, I, I use a Dremel. Okay. I'm using my, and, and, and then, uh, just kind of shapes it. And a lot of people say, I want you to use a lathe. Can't use a lathe. They look too good. Yeah. Too good. Right. Uh, the, the, the the things that are kind of, uh, the, the, the flaws are what makes them perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, in my opinion, right. And, and you know, I honestly kind of let, let the wood tell me what, which way it wants to go, uh, like the grain and if it's got a curve to it. Right. So, right. They're fine. It's just, just a, a great creative outlet. And if somebody likes it and then, you know, I'll sell it to you. Great. And I'll pop those links yeah. up when we put this podcast yeah. out too. Yeah. And you I'll, pop those up. Talking about, getting on stage that first time in 2001, was that like an open mic situation or what kind of a situation was that? Yeah, it was an open mic. And I, um, I had been talking about it for a long time. I started writing jokes in college just to see if I could even write a joke. Mm-hmm. And cause I was funny in the moment, you know, yeah. but it's different than, you know, writing, actually writing stuff. So I started writing stuff. Got, got some books and figured out kind of like, oh, okay, this is the structure. This is how to do it. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend of mine read it. And that, that actually went on for a couple of years. And then um, uh, when I, I got a I got a job at a newspaper in 1999. And um, uh, I actually graduated college in 99. But I got a job a few months later after graduated. And then I met a friend of mine there. Talked to him about comedy and everything. And then I talked to him for about it to about comedy to for like two years. And I, he finally just said, will you, uh, by the way, I can't, I can't remember. Can I curse? Yep. Okay. He said, will you quit fucking talking about it and go do it? Cause uh, you're pissing me off. Yeah. And I said, fine, I'll go <laughs> do it. Asshole. So, so I did it. I, I called, uh, I called around one club said they don't have an open mic night. They said, try crackers. So I tried crackers comedy club and the guy's like, yeah, we can, you can go up this Monday night if you want. And I go, uh, give me a second, you know, give me like, <laughs> give me like a week or two. Uh-huh. Uh, and he goes, and he starts laughing and he goes, okay. So he signs me up and then I get up there and, and I practice, I practice six minutes of material. And, um, they said, Oh no, you're actually doing three. I was, I was like, Oh, okay. Well I practice six. So I don't know if I can do three now. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so I did three and, and it, the first two jokes sucked. Uh, and then I don't even know what I said, the third joke, but it got a huge laugh and I was like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> this is, this is amazing. And then yeah. I get off stage to them. 
uh, this is literally like cheering. And I'm like, oh, this is, oh, wow. <laughs> this, is this is a really good feeling. Uh-huh. I don't think I want to stop this. So I tell everybody like that, that three minutes changed the direction of my whole life. Wow. So it was like, I knew in that moment, like, this is, this is exactly what I want to do. Uh-huh. You know, it's, I, I, mean, I couldn't, couldn't wait to get on stage again. Yeah. It's funny. Almost everybody I talk to, when they talk about their first time, whether it was great or whether it was terrible, if they got anything, if they got any feedback at all, it seemed to hook them. And th- then they, they went on from there and it's, it's interesting that it hooks some people and some people, they only have to do it once and then they're done. And, yeah. and, uh, some people will do it for three or four times and they're done, but you know, it takes a certain type of person to say, Hey, this is what I want to do right after that first time. Yeah, it it was, it, it's just one of those feelings. Like it's just, making a group of strangers laugh at something that you wrote mm-hmm. and, and sometimes even that day mm-hmm. that you wrote and like, yeah, I said, it's, it's indescribable. I mean, mm-hmm. I performers, performers know that feeling, but, Oh yeah. You know? So how many open mics, uh, how, as far as time wise, how many open mics did you do after that one? Um, I did them a lot. I did them for a few years, but I got my first paid booking like six or nine months after I started. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then it was like, and then I would get other paid stuff and it kind of just, and I started emceeing at the, at, at crackers. I started emceeing like, I mean, a year, nine months, mm-hmm. you know, after I started. Okay. And, uh, and then I, you know, yeah, I emceed for a long time, but then in O in O three. Yeah. 2003. No, 2002. One of those. I got my first feature spot, which I should not have been. I Uh should not have been booked as a feature, but you, but you take the gig. Yeah. Because you're excited. Yeah, no doubt. And it's opportunity. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and it was in, uh, it was at, um, uh, in Lansing, Michigan. I remember that Uh it was trippers sports bar is a comedy zone booking. And, um, yeah, it was like, yeah, I think it was Oh three. Cause Oh two, I went to Milwaukee. It was like, start getting all this, this work and i'm like and other people were like what are you doing they're like well i don't know i just they they wanted me to come do a show so, yeah. I do a show. <laughs> so i don't know i'm learning just like you yeah no doubt so so and then it just kind of took off then there was a time i i almost feel like i was in a bit of a rut in like oh six oh seven and it was around the time i was like i needed to have an honest discussion with myself like do I, cause I wasn't working hard at it. I mean, I was working hard at writing and stuff, uh-huh. but I wasn't working hard at like getting work. Uh-huh. I just, I, in the beginning, I just sort of got stuff. Uh, and then, um, I had, I'm like, I told myself, you really have to, if you want this, you have to like work hard. You have to work at it. Uh-huh. You can't just, just, you know, but you, you, you don't know. I mean, you don't always know those things. Right. So and I, I looked up in a book how to, you know, how to email people. And, but that's when you saw that. I was still saying, I was sending tapes back then. Yeah. I was sending VHS tapes. Yeah. Thinking, that, you know, so aren't you glad you don't I, have to do that anymore? Oh my God. <laughs> I remember I was, I was at my parents' house and my mom's like, are you, are you done tying up these two VCRs? Cause we really need to get this back in order. And it was like, you know, Oh, two, oh, three. Yeah, that's cool. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, mom. Yeah. 
backing up to uh, that that first six or nine months before you start getting paying gigs, but you decided you wanted to do this. Did that open up the writing floodgates for you uh, to where you were writing a lot of stuff because you knew that's what you wanted to do? Yeah, I think it helped free, uh, free up, uh, uh, any sort of confusion. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it, I was less stressed about going back and forth or anything, but that was, it was pretty immediate. Like, this is what I want to do. And then I think a lot of comics in the beginning write more than what they do like 20 years later. I mean, I don't write as much. I should write more, mm-hmm. but it's different. It's a different process. Yeah. So, um, I used to sit down and with a blank screen and just, start writing and now it's it, it's a little different process but yeah i think i write i mean at that point yeah i was writing a ton mm-hmm. i was writing a, and and because you're exploring stuff really right and when you're into it longer you kind of have an identity of what you uh what you are and what your character is what you want to write about mm-hmm. and so it's, it's a little different so, so thinking about that first feature that you did first of all first off how did that go for you the one the, uh, the first First show scared to death uh-huh. uh, because I was emceeing for, you know, a couple of years and uh-huh. I thought, okay, well, I've been doing 15 minutes of emceeing every show. I probably have plenty of material uh-huh. and it was, but to, but I, I had never done it all at once. Uh-huh. And then when I got on stage for that first show, I was supposed to do 30 minutes. I think I did 20. Oh, it was probably 27 or 28 mm. minutes, but it was a, it was a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I was like, Oh man, this is hard. And, uh, and then I, I learned immediately. Like I went through my whole act, every, all my notebooks, uh-huh. I, I gleaned any sort of material that I had ever said that got a laugh. And so I think I was able to do it where I got really good laughs, uh, for like, you know, again, 20 some minutes, but then, I've been doing, I had done so much crowd work uh, yeah. as an MC because as an MC, they, they told me to do crowd right. work. Yeah. They, tr- they trained you how to do crowd work. That's when they actually had people training you to be an MC. Yeah. And so I knew I was able to do crowd work. So I put that in the middle and put the material on the front and back end mm. and kind of filled in the middle night. But I learned a ton that week, you know, mm. of how, you know, how to do it, how, you know, everything. It was, it was, uh, it was, it was trial by fire, so to mm. speak. It's funny that everybody I talk to, well, not everybody, but I think you're probably my 40th or 41st interview. And a lot of comics get thrown or offered something that they weren't ready for. Oh, and, yeah. and they, because of that, it tends to, help them out actually if if you come mm-hmm. through it well on the other side i think a few of them it may have set them back a little bit because they lost some confidence because it didn't go well but um mm-hmm. it, it's it's funny a lot of uh comics who are successful enough that they can make their living at it have uh gotten put pushed into something that they weren't quite ready for and and yeah. took it yeah yeah and i and i i tell take it if comics I mean, if, if it, you know, I mean, if you, if you get a spot on TV, mm. maybe rethink it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like, like Seinfeld didn't take, didn't take the first or even second or third, uh, tonight show offers. Right. And, and that takes, that takes some guts. That right. takes some you know, courage. Yep. 
um, to do that. But I, I, but I tell as far as like feature weeks, you know, if it's at a bar somewhere and go, well, go do it, you know, yeah. you never know. Gonna know. Just figure it out. Yeah. That's how you do it. People, uh, you know, want to like, Oh, can you coach me? He's like, well, just get on stage. Yeah. Tell Joe, you know, yep. yeah, just try it. <laughs> see, see what happens. Yeah. See what's good for you. So how would you say you progressed as how different do you think you are now as a performer, as far as your stage persona, your jokes and stuff like that from that first time that you featured? Uh, I am, I am much more of a natural smart ass than I was in the beginning. Mm. Uh, and I'm, and honestly, I'm a bit dirtier, probably a bit dirtier. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, I, I, I was, I was trying to write so clean, uh, back in the day. And now I'm trying to write, like go back to that a little bit, write a little, you know, cleaner, because mm-hmm. uh, you, you, there's, there's a lot more appeal. Um, you have a broader appeal when you're just a bit cleaner, Yeah. but yeah, I think that I've developed a bit of a, that, that smart action. I didn't have that whole throwaway line stuff mm. in the beginning, but you learn like, Oh, I, it's fun, you know, and it just sort of naturally came out right. uh, and developed. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think I'm, um, I think, I think I'm a bit sharper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Because the stuff I was talking about then, I don't talk about, you know, I was talking about hell. I was talking about SAT scores and, right. you know, college stuff. So, uh-huh. You know, I don't, <laughs> you get to your 40s, you're like, oh, there's a lot more, you know, you're talking about mortgages and, yeah. you know, colonoscopies or whatever. Yeah, so. no doubt. <laughs> but dating, you still got to talk about dating. That's, yeah, that's, that's a standard. <laughs> um, thinking about those throwaway lines because I'm just, I was just so impressed by the way you do it. And I felt like, and I, I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of the last album, the one in 2018. What, what was the name of that? Uh, adorable and affordable. Yeah. Uh, so you had a line in there and you actually had several lines. I felt I was disappointed in the audience a little bit. Uh, I don't <laughs> think I, they, I mean, they laughed. Yeah, they laughed, but they, I didn't feel like they just totally immerse themselves into the hour of comedy that you did, mm-hmm. but you had such a brilliant throwaway line. You were talking about developed un, underdeveloped nations and they say, oh. oh, oh no, we are, we are developed. This is as far as we're going to go. And then on the backside of it, we moved this rock over here and then we moved yeah. it over here. We're done. And I was just, I'm, I'm in the car and I was, took a drink of, Diet Pepsi, and I just spit it out because I thought that was <laughs> hilarious. And then I'm, I, I, I rewound it, didn't rewind it. I was on Spotify, but I went back, <laughs> and the crowd just didn't. I, I don't think that they reacted like they should have. It was a much better yeah, line. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They didn't, they didn't quite get it. I don't think it was the whole joke about, you know, they didn't like being called under. I don't know. I don't. I mean, it's been a while. You don't like being called underdeveloped or uh-huh. uh something like that. It's like, well, no, this is it. We're done. This, this, this is as far as we're going to go. Yeah. You know, we, we, you know, we, we moved that rock from, yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't mean to do the bit. I was just trying to remember. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't done that bit a lot. Cause I think I stopped doing it after that recording. Cause I was uh-huh. like, man, they just, they just didn't like that. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, yeah. There was a couple of bits on there that I really liked. That's why I kept it on there. I was like, I really like these, but mm-hmm. you know, but I don't want to, you know, I was like, um, they had offered to sweeten it a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. sweeten the laugh a little bit. And I was like, no, just, yeah, just leave it on there. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. I thought it was really well put together and I like that you don't really need transitions so much because 
you're kind of a storyteller and also uh, talking, just talking about your life in general. And I just mm-hmm. felt like it just, and really the 2012 album flowed, flowed well too. It just, it was just good. The Lutherans versus the Catholics I thought was just yeah. hilarious. And Thank uh, you. yeah, so I, I really like that. And I don't know how you developed that throwaway line. I mean, can you, can you think back to the first time that that really worked for you? Um, I think I had, I said something about, and it's a line I still, I still kind of do. It was, it was just a moment of honesty mm-hmm. and, and, and that I had on stage about talking about somebody. It's like, you know what? I don't, I don't really like you mm-hmm. or, or something like that. It was one of those. It was like, Oh my God, you're so great. Or like, Oh, you know what? I, you know, I don't like you. Yeah. It's, it's just kind of a throwaway line Yeah, that, um, I don't, it was kind of like that. And then I do similar things now, like, um, I figured out people like I love Rickles too. Uh-huh. And Rickles was like insulting. Yeah. But he also kind of had that throwaway yep. thing. Yeah. And I wasn't consciously trying to do Rickles. Uh-huh. Uh, no, no, like, you know, but you, you can, but I think, I think that had some influence in there too. I don't know necessarily know how it kind of happened because uh-huh. I, 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 that's just, that's just, I started doing that. Uh, and then I would write the bit. Like I would write it out. Uh-huh. I would know how I'm going to say it. I got, I know I at least I got two, I got two punchlines in there mm. and then I would do it on stage and then I would throw in an extra line. I'm like, where the hell did that come from? Uh-huh. But it was always <laughs> under my breath. Yeah. It was almost like I was mocking myself a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I kind of learned that people like, um, uh, little, those little things. Cause like, that's almost like the truth. Yeah. Are those yeah. throwaways? Right. Whereas the punchline is different. Yeah. So, and I, I, I don't know why it draws me in, and it reminds me a little bit of Gaffigan when he does the audience voice. So, you know, oh, yeah. why did he say? It? But it's, it's actually, it's turned around because it's you uh, making an observation of what you just said or the, the feeling that you just put forth. So I, I don't know. I. I didn't know much about you before I, before I, uh, listened to those specials or those albums and yeah, it's just the way <laughs> I am. And I, I was just like, holy cow that, I mean, I, I haven't heard anybody do it quite like you do it and as adept. So I'm, I, I was very impressed. I, I, I looked back at my act and I've got like one throwaway line and, and so I, I'm going to, I'm going to try to pepper that a little bit and, yeah. and be a little bit better at it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to point them out when you're not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, but it's just a great punctuation on something that had a great punchline anyway. So I, I was very impressed by that. Thank you. Uh, let's talk about when you decided that was a 2012 album, your first album. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about when you decided to make that album, what circumstances came about that you decided you wanted to do an album? Uh, cause I know it's a little bit different putting out an album in 2012 versus 2018. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, in 2018, you probably didn't even print very many, uh, CDs or anything like that. Whereas in 20, 20- I, I got a, I got a box of them right there. Do yeah. So in, right yeah. There. In 2012, you probably had more boxes because that yeah. that used to be yeah. a thing to sell them yeah. after the show. But what what circumstances came about that you wanted to record that album? Well, um, 
uh, a friend of mine, Matt Holt, had recorded with a company called On Tour Records. Okay. And uh, he introduced me to Ross Duncliffe. And Ross Duncliffe is the owner of On Tour Records. And then uh, Ross and Ross came up and said, do you want to, you know, Matt told me you're pretty funny. And it's like, do you want to record an album? And I, and I had wanted to. I just didn't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thankfully to Ross, he he did all the sound and everything. And they just kind of put it in the board, soundboard, but they also mic the crowd and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And uh, he, he just kind of approached me one, you you know, do you want to be a part of the on on tour records family? I'm like, yeah, I'd love to. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody else is asking, uh-huh. so, <laughs> so so I did it, and and it you know didn't you know didn't do anything necessarily. Like didn't I didn't sell a ton of them, but it was fun to do. Mm-hmm. I like the process. And then I was like, okay, all right. They made and actually motivated me to um, come up with a bunch of new stuff. And so um, I threw away a bunch of material a long time ago, and then worked on what is now like the 2018 album. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in the process of throwing away more stuff because I I'm not a guy who likes to do a I don't want to do a new album or a new a new hour every year. I it takes a while to even come oh, yeah. up with an hour. Yeah, no doubt. And, <laughs> and, and and not even to come up with it, but to, to perfect it the way you want to say it. Uh-huh. So, because I, I still do jokes from my, my, my adorable, obviously I do my bunch of stuff from the adorable affordable album, mm-hmm. but I've actually added on to stuff. Mm-hmm. And I've, there's a whole bit on, I don't remember which one it is, but I've, I've done like a whole extra, it's almost like two bits now, but it, mm-hmm. but you can't do it one without the other. Yeah. Uh, so now, I, you know, I kind of want to do that, but I'm like, you know, I spent time probably I should have come up with brand new material that's not linked to the other stuff. But uh-huh. the way my brain works, it's like, well, I'm just going to keep adding on to this. Yeah. Um, but then then but as far as going going back to the your question, but like the 20, the 2012 came out and then the, um, uh, I told uh, Ross that I wanted to do a 20 another album. And he said, great. And, and actually, this time I had a friend of mine who was. Uh, he records bands and stuff. He's like, do you want me to record your album? So, and he did a tremendous job and mm. recorded my 2018 album at the, um, uh, it's now closed, but the, uh, the Harlequin theater here in uh, Columbus. So mm. a friend of mine owns that. So, but yeah, and I, I was kind of working on, uh, I mean, a third album before Rona hit. Uh-huh. And, uh, I was like, and then I had a bunch of stuff and I was like, well, maybe, maybe this, I should take this time to work on, you know, different additional stuff, additional material. So I've been, and then I've kind of been inspired since I, you know, for a while during quarantine didn't have anything to do. So, Mm -hmm. you know, know, stuff. Yeah. It's funny because listening to the 2012 album and the 2018 album back to back, like I did today is a lot of, a lot of comics I listen to. Like for instance, I listened to Dan Cummins albums in order. I, I went from first first to last. Yeah. And when you go from first to last, it's a totally different person. I mean, he's he was much better, much more polished. You um you pretty much had had it going on in the twenty twelve album. I mean, oh, you, I thanks. think you were better in the twenty eighteen album. I think the all mm-hmm. all the material, your delivery, you were more confident. Um I felt like your um your speaking voice was a little bit better in 2018. So all that was, Mm -hmm. was better. However, it wasn't such, even though it was a six year jump, it was not, uh, what I would think a six year, um, 
you weren't six years worse in 2012. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I felt like yeah. you, you pretty much were who you were in 2012 and you just, yeah. you up the ante a little bit in 2018. So it was, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not used to that. I'm used to them. Uh, people doing an album before they're ready and it, yeah. it totally sucks. And, and then, but it's always out there. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. What, what, what first album did you start with on, uh, on Dan Cummins? Oh, what's it called? Cause he had one that didn't get a wide, a wide release. So the first had... one I could find on Spotify. Okay. Yeah. And that, that's, so, that's quite a bit back there. Yeah, he was a guitar comic first. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, he had an album called Lower Your Goals. Okay. And uh, sorry, I'm adjusting my laptop here. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, he had an album called Lower Your Goals. It's funny. I I did the cover for that. Oh, really? So, yeah. Um, yeah. C- can you send him a message and tell him to uh, stop dodging me to be on the podcast because. I- <laughs> I've yeah. been I've been working on him for six months and <laughs> and I first off I got his uh, assistant who who blew me off and this was before Rona and then uh-huh. I, then I um, I started uh, stalking him a little bit on Twitter and and his Facebook page. The funny thing is is he put put out a vinyl of of his last album and the mm-hmm. guys who made that Romanus Records are um, friends of mine. Uh, oh, okay. uh, Chris, Chris, who, uh, uh, runs Roman, Romanus, Romanus, whatever. Uh, so I got into a conversation with Chris and him on one of his posts. I'm like, come on, let's do this. Let's do this. And, yeah. and, uh, so that hasn't happened yet, but I think he's launched like two new podcasts in that time. So, you know, oh, I, yeah, I'm, he's been busy and, I, and his albums are hilarious. Oh yeah. He, he, he's one of my favorites as far as, um, just, throwing it out there i mean it's mm-hmm. just i mean he he talks about everything the way he sees it and i like i like his original podcast too the time sucks so oh time sucks great yeah. and uh i listened to that one and scared to death and yeah. then um i don't does he have a third one i don't remember if he has a third one or not but he's doing a third one with his uh his assistant actually and i don't remember the name oh. of it but it just started like maybe maybe a month ago. So they probably oh, okay. only got a couple episodes out. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm I have, of, a, uh, I have, I have a, well, I, I have a podcast, but I don't, I haven't put any episodes up for a long time, but yeah. it kind of makes you think. Okay. It's a, it's a paranormal podcast. Yeah. Okay. I, um, found a guy podcasting. It's called mind dog TV. And he, he actually records probably 14 a week. Uh, I mean, he Jeez. records in the morning and at night he, he interviewed me, um, and he had it ready like the next day it was uploaded and all done. And so, wow. that, I mean, he's, he's a beast and he, he talks to a lot of paranormal people cause he had a paranormal podcast prior to that. So he gets a lot okay. of, the, a lot of the same people on. So that might be one you might want to check out. Uh, he sure. also talks to like Christian authors and, um, he had uh, Doug Stanhope on a couple times, and oh. so I mean, he do, he goes all over the board. But uh, if you find one that you like, you'll you'll like that one, and maybe not necessarily the next one. So it kind of depends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so after putting out this this 2018 album, you 
at what point did you start writing for Bob and Tom? I started writing for Bob and Tom in actually 2014. 2014. Okay. Yeah. And, um, uh, I had actually just, um, because I had been on the show, uh, several times mm-hmm. I was on the show, um, first and in Oh four, um, again, shouldn't have been, but I was, mm-hmm. uh, but, but, and then I'd been on a lot in, in after that. And then I just emailed Tom a joke. Um, and I said, Hey, by the way, here's a joke you can use if you want. Mm-hmm. And he liked it. He goes, Hey, do you want to start writing for the show? And I said, sure. So wow. it's been, uh, been fun. I mean, it's been, it's interesting to write for, um, something like that because it's it, it, a different voice than your own. Mm-hmm. So you learn a lot and we had a lot of writers meetings and that was fun. And you learn a lot in those and different personalities, how people think and how they write and you sort of adapt to a group setting, which is interesting and fun for me. Mm. Uh, cause I hadn't had that experience a lot really writing in a group. Mm. Um, but I loved, I love that. I mean, I still love that contributing and, and throwing in a line and like, or what about this? And you know, it was, it's, I love that collaborative, um, effort there writing. So, I- I've actually gotten into that a little bit more since the Rona. I've gotten into a few writing workshops where we, mm-hmm. where we work some stuff out. And I thought that was, I had never done that before. And I thought that was pretty cool. Oh and, yeah. And, uh, right. And writing stuff that you weren't going to write about. Like I had to do a, a piece on monopoly and, oh, interesting. and it was, it was neat. And then you get feedback and people do other stuff like that. So I, I thought that was really fun. And, I imagine that writing for that show was probably uh, both challenging because, I mean, you got to do everything topical, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then you've got uh, a lot of different characters on the show. Bob Bob was a lot different than Tom. And, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you got to decide which one you're going to go, go towards for, for your writing. But uh, yeah. thinking about that group that you were writing with, I'm – I'm sure Brent Terhune was in there with you, right? Oh so, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, I interviewed him a while back. And, um, uh, when you're writing in a group like that, how does it start? I mean, what I, do you start with like the news or what, what do you start with? Uh, depends on what we're writing for, but like if we were doing like a, a character thing, mm. uh, we'd be like, who's got a, who's got an idea or, uh, or if it was even just a brand new thing at all, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what do you, what do you got? And then we just all kind of worked on it, mm-hmm. uh, at, at one. So like I, you know, had an idea, threw it out and we all kind of worked on it. And I mean, it was one of those, um, things. It's just whoever's, whoever's got something going. And I took notes to myself mm-hmm. and I said, Hey, I, I don't write songs, but I got an idea for a song uh-huh. and I record kind of recorded what, you know, I thought it should sound like. And, um, you know, we kind of talked about that. So, I had one thing. I wrote a Mr. Obvious thing and uh, they didn't use it, but I thought it was kind of funny. Uh-huh. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I should give it away, but <laughs> it had to do with uh, um, uh, massage parlors, uh, massage therapy and message therapy. Okay. So somebody, somebody thought it said me- message therapy. <laughs> but I like massage. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was yeah. kind of funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's that, that's so, really good. Yeah. So when you're putting the Bob and Tom thing on your resume, what did that do for you as far as getting booked and stuff? Um, it, it helped just, just being on the show. I mean, mm-hmm. that right. Being a writer for them helps, you mm-hmm. know, helps. It kind of makes you, you know, kind of puts some, puts a little bit of a, 
I don't know, importance, I guess, mm. to to you. But being on the show, but be, be, having that sort of it's almost a little bit of a name recognition. I'm not a name guy, but I still have people come up, you know, some come up and say, oh, my God, I listen to you on the show. I've been listening for a long time and I always love hearing you on there. I like that. And that kind of pulls in some some people here and there, and then mm. that whole turducken thing happened uh, on the show. And I thought it was funny. Uh-huh. That worked out. And yeah. I was, I was, uh, it was, I was fake mad, you know, on uh-huh. the show. I, I I don't really care. I thought it was silly. Uh-huh. And uh, but I, I it's funnier to stand by the bit and yeah. to act fake mad. Yeah, that gets it gets the laugh. So I don't <laughs> know if you heard that bit, but on there, but. Um, I don't think I did, but my, my wife listens religiously, so yeah. I'm sure she can tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was the whole thing. And then people come out and say, Turducken, you know, I was like, uh-huh. okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, you know, it's fine. I, I'm all, I'm good with it. Yeah. Um, but that's, that, that, that Bob and Tom, I'm so, uh, sorry, I'm adjusting again. That's okay. Uh, but I'm, I'm so thankful to being a part of that show mm. and being, be, being on the show and, and it's helped so much and, Tom has always been such a good guy to me, just mm. so helpful and nice. And I can't, I, I can't thank him enough. And, and, you know, Chick is such a good guy. And, and, and I mean, that whole, that whole crew, I mm. mean, there's, there's so, so good chemistry, such good chemistry in that room. And, uh, you know, I don't, if you don't listen, you should, I mean, Josh, uh, Josh offers so much, uh, to that room too. Yeah. He helps a lot. So, you know, they all kind of work together. It's funny. I I lived in Indy in the um, 80s, in the mid 80s, and they were, I don't think they were syndicated at all at that time. They were just in Indy. Mm -hmm. And I used to. 95 is when they got syndicated. Okay. Yeah. I used to. So I managed a Farrell's restaurant and you may not remember what Farrell's was, but it was an ice mm-hmm. cream parlor and it was, at oh, Was- okay. it was at Washington square mall. I'm sure you remember that mall. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, East side and it's not a very nice mall anymore, I guess. But a- anyway, <laughs> I, uh, I was right by a bank. So we opened at 10 30 and the bank was there and I used to crank Bob and Tom on the PA and they mm-hmm. had, they had this bit. Dick Nixon and Haji. Um, and if you, I I mean, that's, it's way back and they did it for a long time, but I think I was there when they started it and I, I was just laughing and I had it too loud and the people from the bank would come over and say, (laughs) turn, turn that down. The customers can hear it. But yeah, but it was, uh, it was a lot of fun then. And, um, I, I got to the point, I don't know, I don't know why, I stopped listening. I, I think it's mostly because I listen to just about all audiobooks and podcasts now. So it, mm-hmm. I, but the nice thing is, is they put their show out on in podcast format now too. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I should I should pick that up a little bit more. And Christy Lee, and you pod- can listen a lot through the app too. So. Yeah, yeah. So I, I got to get back into that. And uh, my wife actually is, uh, I think she pegged uh, Tom for. Uh, a show. Oh, I was doing a show with Tom Dreesen. Uh, uh, I did a live thing, uh, for his new book and she was, she emailed, uh, Tom about it and didn't get a response. So we don't know if he watched or not, but <laughs> she, oh, I don't know. She's pushing me. Yeah. Oh. She's trying to get me in whatever, so I can make podcasting and comedy my job instead of what I actually there you go. do. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to have somebody encourage you all the time. Yeah. 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 She, she's my biggest cheerleader. That's great. Yeah. Um, 
So you mentioned something that takes me back a little bit. Um, I mean, you're, you're a very good comic and you are before Rona doing very well at it, but you're mm-hmm. not famous. You're not, you're not a household mm-hmm. name. And mm-hmm. I've talked to a lot of comics. The purpose of this podcast is talk to talk to working comics, uh, who are actually what I say in the trenches doing the work. Uh, and I, I do work on trying to get in some people that are more famous so I can get better ratings or whatever. Sure. But, but I, the real thing I, I like to talk to work in comics and I have seen so many of them. And then I do the research and listen to their stuff. And there are so many times that they are funnier than 80% of the stuff I watch on Netflix. Uh, I can't, I can't tell you how many times I have stopped a Netflix comedy special 10 minutes in and said, this is shit and, and went on. Um, and I won't say yeah. who it is, but it, sure. it, uh, uh, you know, Seinfeld's last one wasn't very good. I, I did watch all of it, but I didn't care for it. And, but mm-hmm. how do you, yeah. I mean, do you get a little bit of a chip on your shoulder when stuff like that happens or, you know, what? I mean, you, you came to a pretty decent level fairly quickly and then you're not, I mean, you don't have a TV show or anything like that. Does that put a little bit of a chip on your shoulder? Do you think? Um, I think it, it, it does get there every once in a while, but Mm -hmm. I have to remind myself, uh, not to, you know, because everybody's journey is different Yeah, and everybody gets things at different times. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Um, but you have to adapt and, and, and your, your, your goals sort of evolve. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, it'd be great to have a TV show and you know, whatever else. Um, but at this point I just enjoy working. I like having a full schedule. Mm. Uh, but yeah, sometimes you get a little like, Oh my God, why did that guy get, you know, why did that guy get on last comic standing or why, why, you know, how'd he do that? Or, yeah. um, but then you have to th- take into consideration sometimes, sometimes people just work harder mm-hmm. and, and sometimes people try to put themselves in, in situations. Like for example, I had an audition for America's got talent and I, and I didn't show up because I got a booking, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and so, cause your chances are lower yeah, uh, at doing anything with America's got talent. And I just was like, well, I, this is a paycheck. Uh, So, but yeah, some people just, some people just are better at putting themselves in those situations Mm. and have, you know, earned that because they're, they've worked hard with that. And Mm. some guys, um, some, some comics uh, moved to LA or New York and, and, you know, I didn't. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't, I I remind myself that they, they, they choose one thing. I choose a different thing. So it's, Mm. it's not, so it, it probably in the beginning, it was probably a, a bigger chip. And then it is now it's very, it's very minimal now. Mm. So, cause I'm, I'm happy, you know, for the most part where I am. And, uh, I, like I said, I, you know, before you know, the plague hit, um, you know, I was working 40, 45 weeks a year yeah, and I was, I was pretty happy with that. Mm. So, um, but you know, I think, I think things come to those who, who, who wait. I think that really yeah. is a, a thing. Yeah. Um, you know, so, but I had, I'd like to go to LA and do some stuff, but 
um, I'll see what happens in a year or two with, with the plague Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> you know, see, see where, see where the comedy industry is because yeah. a bunch of comics are leaving, uh, LA now. So yeah, cause yeah. It's, just, it's just too expensive. I mean, I just saw a friend of mine just tweeted the other day about how his rent in LA is like $3,200 a month. It's like, how are, how are you, <laughs> how yeah. are you paying that? Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, I own a house and it's like less than $600 a month. Yeah. And, and so. you can't donate enough plasma to make that $3,200 <laughs> point. No, payment. Yeah. No, you, can't. <laughs> you would die. So yeah. 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 <laughs> that, that's what are, you, what are you regrowing a liver and then, you know, just donating part of a liver and regrow that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think that does regrow, doesn't it? Doesn't yeah. It? yeah I, I think, I think so. If you leave yeah, enough see? on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the one organ that grows back. And I was like, I think the liver kind of grows back. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things I've noticed about you is you seem to have the respect of other comics. And <laughs> I hope. And, and I think that's, uh, I see comics who have a lot of fans. Um, and I see comics who are um, just, respected and even admired by other comics. And I wonder if that's because you have helped people along the way. Uh, and I, I don't, I, I'm, this is just coming out of the blue, but you seem like the type of person who would help other people along the way. Is that, is that something that has occurred yeah. with you? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I try to get, I mean, if I got, if there's a chance I can get, you know, a young comic to open. When I say young comic, I mean a, a beginning comic. Yeah. Uh, I just try to get somebody to open for me or, or whatever. Uh, cause I was given those opportunities, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I liked, I like to help, you know, I want to help, help out young comics and get them some stage time and get them some money if I can. And, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I, 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 I enjoy that. And, you know, I try not to offer any sort of like, um, unasked for advice, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, that always kind of irritated me coming up, even though I know people are just trying to help, you know, it's like, yeah. I, I think I probably had a chip on my shoulder in general. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, can I give you some notes? Can I give you some notes yeah. on that set? And like, how dare you give me notes? No, <laughs> uh, you know, but like I, you know, I, I like giving tag. I like giving tags yeah. to stuff. So yeah. let me tag that bit for you. Yeah. So, yeah, but yeah, I like I like helping uh, helping uh, young comics. Yeah, yeah, it just seems that uh, seems that you've got some uh, you've you've got some respect in the community, and and that you don't always get that, and uh, right. uh, and I think that's that's a nice thing because first first off, it helps because uh, one of those mm-hmm. people you helped may end up being uh, the next big star, and they bring sure. it along with them but just being a nice person also helps too because mm-hmm. it makes your life better so <laughs> yeah conan o'brien said that when he lost the tonight show yeah and he was talking about that la- that last episode he was like you know if you're just a nice guy you're you're gonna get it it's you know i, I got that that meant a lot i mean yeah. i i enjoyed watching hearing that him say that mm-hmm. so one of the things that struck me and it's got to be true because you said it in your act uh that you're colorblind mm-hmm. and it's so weird. I, I, I don't know how many 
colorblind people are artistic. I mean, you did this, did this thing. And, I mean, you do those really nice pencil drawings and you do the wands and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel that the whole artist part of yourself came about? Did you, I mean, did that come earlier or when? Oh yeah. I was drawing as a, like a, like a very little kid. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I, I remember I, you know, tracing stuff as a kid and then, but I would, then I want to learn how to actually draw it. And so then I've just always drawn mm-hmm. and, and I, I've tried painting and colored pencils, but I just, uh, painting is just so fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the control over the paint. Uh, uh, like I want to with like with graphite and um, uh, yeah, it started off young and I just always did it. And I just never, I don't remember not drawing and I uh, went, you know, had art classes in school and then high school like that. I had like art classes there too, you know, and then I got up to advanced level two, which is like the highest you can get uh-huh. and, uh, and started doing a lot more stuff. And then I really wanted to go to art school. Um, but my dad wouldn't let me, um, my mom, I don't think she probably just, I don't think she cared, but my dad, you know, didn't want me to go cause he didn't think it was a real life or whatever. And mm. didn't think I'd make any money at art. And so then my brother, Chris, uh, said, well, why don't you go to like Ivy tech, which is a local, you know, Ivy tech, mm. go, go for graphic design. I'm like, what's that? It's like, well, it's like digital art. I'm like, oh, okay. So I did that. And honestly, had my brother, Chris not mentioned that I probably wouldn't. I didn't, I didn't know what I would have done. Mm. Um, so, but, and then I think, well, had I gone to art school, I may have a whole different life. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. You know, <laughs> for, for good or bad. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I may not, you know, I may not have gotten into the, the comedy world. So. Yeah. It's, it's amazing when you look back at the different paths you've taken and mm-hmm. what, what could have been. And, oh yeah. Yeah. But, uh, man, I could have yeah. been happy. I really could have been <laughs> So thinking about what's going on in the world with the, with the COVID, are you doing any like, um, virtual stuff like zoom shows or anything like that? Or are you just, uh, hunkering down and waiting for when you can go live again? I've done, uh, two virtual shows. Uh, both actually went really well. I enjoyed them. Mm. Um, and one of them, I, the first one I did, I, I think I desperately needed to do mm-hmm. uh, because it was like methadone to a heroin addict. I think, you know, I hate to equate it like that, but that's yeah. kind of what it was. Yeah. The comedy is a drug and that really helped. And, um, it was, the host turned the audio off of the people watching and all you could see was them <clears throat> like laughing, Yeah, but you couldn't hear it. Uh-huh. Like, but I had the, there was, um, one particular woman in that show that I was like, she's laughing really well. Uh, so I made sure she was on my screen the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, helps, she was yeah. my barometer. Uh, so, and, uh, that helped. But yeah, and then I didn't, I, I did a corporate show and they turned, they left the audio on and I was like, oh, okay, this is, I mean, both were, both were good. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you learn a lot. Some, some, I saw, you know, some comics like to stand and have a mic and perform like an actual, like sort of a mm. comedy show, but yeah, I just I'll just sit down. Yeah, <laughs> I don't need to, I don't need to stand up. But yeah. I just sat down and did it in my room, my my art room. Right. Oh, by the way, speaking of art and colorblind, I was in when I was in high school. I was drawing. 
I, I had um like an army cap. It was army green. Uh-huh. And uh, speaking of colorblind, so I, I drew it and colored it brown uh-huh. uh, because olive green looks brown to me. Uh-huh. And people are like, why, why did you color that brown? I was like, well, that's what it is. It's brown. <laughs> and what are you, stupid? And uh, they go, no, it's, it's green. I go, what are you talking about? It's brown. Uh-huh. So, and I, and I knew I was colorblind, obviously, even then. Uh-huh. But I was so adamant that this was brown. And the teacher came up and he's like, yeah, it's, it's green, but it looks good. I'm yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> oh, that I, I, I work with a guy that that's colorblind and we just, uh, we had a meeting this morning and we put up a chart that had uh, red, green and red, red, green and yellow on it. And, mm-hmm. and he's like, all I can see is the yellow. The, the no, red, no. Yeah. The, the rest yeah. of it just looks like different shades of gray to me. So yeah, oh, yeah. that's awful. <laughs> yeah. So um, but yeah, that's, I, I mean, I do all my stuff in, in, in that type of color. It's funny how many comedians are artistic in other ways. Mm-hmm. And it makes me jealous because I always wanted to be artistic and I, I wrote poetry. I tried music. I I'm tone deaf, so I can't, I can't do that. I tried art like, you know, what you do. I mean, it just looks stupid and I, I, I absolutely can't do it. And I, I, I'm jealous of people who can, who can do that type of stuff. But, uh, comedy is such a different art from anything else. And, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like, do you ever get tired of people saying, Hey, I got a, I got a joke for you or Hey, Hey, say something funny uh, and stuff like that. Cause I don't think it, comedy gets respected like the other arts. Um, do, right. you, do, you, do you ever get tired of that? And do, do you ever explain to people what it takes to make five minutes of comedy? No, they don't care. Yeah. They, don't wanna, <laughs> uh, they just want to get their joke heard, you know? Yeah. They just, they just, they like the excitement of telling a comedian a joke and yeah. whether they wrote it or not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but then, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll listen. I don't care. It's fine. I'll yeah. listen. You know, and then I'll go, oh, that's funny. And yeah. They're like, oh, you can use that. Oh, probably won't. <laughs> but okay. Yeah. Thanks for giving me the option. Right. No doubt. Uh, but I, you know, cause, cause a lot of those people are like fans that have heard of you. Yeah. And, and I don't want to make anybody feel bad. Right. About, you know, cause they, they, a lot of the, they just, they want to, be a part of it. They mm. want to know you. They want to, they want to make the comedian laugh. It's yeah. like, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't want to make anybody feel bad. Yeah. So, well, that's nice of you. Although, yeah. although years ago, the guy came up and I don't know if he was homeless, but he came to show and it was very early on, but he comes up and he goes, Hey, check that out. And it was a picture of a far side cartoon. Okay. Like, oh, okay. All right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is this, <laughs> is this all you got? wow that's great yeah so the thing i like to wrap up with is something i asked just about everybody uh what three things do you know now as a comic that you wish you would have known when you started Ooh. um uh, make sure the tape you send is the best one (laughs) uh As far as I mean, material goes, yeah. Make sure don't don't half-ass it. Uh-huh. Um, what three things? That's I, mean, I guess that's one of them. What three things do I I wish I knew then? Basically, mm. is that what you're asking? Yeah, 
Um, uh, that's really hard. That's kind of hard. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, don't be afraid to try, uh, to get out of your, your own. Cause I was stuck in a box. I was stuck in uh, like, this is where I need to be. This is, yeah. this is when you address it. I mean, don't be afraid to try different things mm. on stage. I was, there's a lot of that. Mm. Uh, and then also, um, uh, probably just work harder, yeah. you know, in general, you know, at, really put in the time, you know, if you want something, go, go, go do it, mm. you know, go get it. Yeah. So I guess that'd be the three, the three biggest things. Okay. But right. ma- the main thing is don't, don't be afraid. Cause I was always afraid of trying, trying stuff. Mm. So. Yeah. It's really hard when you get the, you get that, you know, 30 minutes to 45 minutes to an hour and it works for you. And you just want to kind of live on that for a while. And, yeah. and, and because, because it works, but then on the other side, you get tired of saying it too. And so you need to, oh, well, yeah. you need to do some new stuff. Yeah. Well, when, uh, in, when you're going to open mics, that's the time to screw around on yeah, stage. Yeah. Try a voice or a weird concept. I, years ago, I saw a guy just, he made these weird audible hums and weird things. Like whatever, you uh-huh. know, try it. <laughs> and yeah. Get a laugh, but <laughs> at least he tried it. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's funny. I'm using the um, the Zoom type mics to try out different stuff like characters. So you talked about standing up and sitting down. So uh, sitting down, I've got Eugene from Smyrna, who's a conspiracy theorist, and okay. talking deep state and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of it's kind of um, I would compare it to some of Brent Terhune's videos. It's kind of <laughs> in that vein. Yeah. Um, and then, except for I've got two kids and they always get in my guns and shoot each other. And so it's, it's, it's a whole thing. But my favorite one was I do, um, I do a, a comic called Richard K. Weed, who actually kidnapped me and, um, uh, but I says I have explosive diarrhea and just does really bad jokes. And the reaction to the jokes are probably better than the jokes, but I'm really enjoying doing that because I mean, you got nothing to lose. The Mm -hmm. it's maybe a couple people are watching on Facebook and, and, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun messing with that. And it's actually easier to do it there than it is at an open mic. Oh yeah. 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 It's a lot of fun. So really, um, I, I just want to tell you, um, you know, binge listening to the two albums that were on Spotify was very enjoying to me for me, oh, enjoyable you. for me. And thank I, you very much. I think you do, do, do great work. And I, uh, I wish you the most success and that I hope you come out of Corona, um, still being able to book stuff and comedy clubs come back and full force and all that kind of yeah, stuff. I think yeah. so. I think it'll be good. I think yeah. it'll turn out great. Yeah. Well, I had a real good talk. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate it. Yeah.